Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Get Clean Podcast. I'm your host, Khalil Sharad, and this is episode 52. In this episode, I will be interviewing Sam Brown, who's the director of performance at Elite FDS. He's also the owner of Practice Movement, and I'm not going to give too much away because his background is, is a little funny how he actually got started in strength conditioning. But, uh, you know, without further ado, let's get clean. Hey, hey. Hey, I got you. There we How we doing, man? <laughs> doing good, you. Ah, living the dream. <laughs> living the dream. What'd you eat? Uh, had probably my body weight in pizza. <laughs> yeah, that sounds good. Oh, that's it, man. Yeah, you got it. Some days you just don't give a shit. <laughs> who who one does of that? Is that Jim Wedler that did the you douse it in oil plus the oh uh, that pizza was plus uh, the Chinese? That was J M Blakely. Blakely, yes, there yeah. you go. Yeah, yeah. I always yeah. get those two confused. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, he's is an absolute animal with that shit. That was incredible. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so just start start by telling everybody your name, what you do. And, uh, yeah, you know, absolutely. Uh, my name is Sam Brown. I'm the director of performance for Elite FTS. And uh, if you know what that means, you can tell me because I have no idea. All I do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, tell us because I'm like, I know he does all the videos. but okay. Yeah, so <laughs> essentially what, how I think of the position is that I was br- kind of brought on to help kind of bridge the gap between the new generation of lifter and right, coaches right. with the older generation that is elite FTS pretty much they've been around for just about 20 years, 20 ish years. And I think the image of the company is shifting away from the multiply mindset mm-hmm. uh, of, of all the videos that me and you both love, by the way. <laughs> uh, but it's, it's to kind of bring in the new uh, generation of coaches and athletes and to just continue on like the live, learn, pass on tradition that Elite FTS has been doing for for so many years. So I'm in a really cool spot to talk to amazing people, coaches, athletes like yourself, and like just learn as much as I can and help yeah. share it to the massive audience that we have uh, on all of our platforms. So performance in this case uh, is not only in terms of athletes and, and coaches, but also mm. the performance of future athletes, future coaches, and just trying to make everybody better, man. You know what I mean? Like that's at the end of the day, like it's, I try to pass on as much information and knowledge as I possibly can. Anything I learn, I immediately put out to the, to the world. So. Um, So tell everybody how you got, like get started, you know, how you got into sports or coaching and all that. Yeah, absolutely. So I was, I was playing baseball my entire life. I played baseball for about 20 years. Um, and that was always my thing. I just really enjoyed it. I, I, I loved uh, playing ball. I never actually enjoyed lifting in high school, <laughs> in college. It was just like a thing you do um, until I got into strongman. I think it was my second year of, of my undergrad. Second. Yeah. It was, so it was my, ju- actually it was my junior year of undergrad. I was getting really good at drinking and partying, like really good, <laughs> like top tier it was it was a sport it was a competitive sport at at the time uh but i was like wow this is like i can like lift rocks and like feel like a badass and like have fun doing it cool i'm gonna keep trying this stuff um and were you still playing baseball uh so i played i i started college ball and then i just like i it wasn't for me man (laughs) at that time my priorities had shifted so i ended up playing on a lot of the summer leagues 
that all the college guys are playing on. So mm-hmm. I, I was still playing in the summer, uh, just a little bit less strenuous. Right. That's right, yeah. <laughs> like the regular yeah, season. Yeah, it becomes a full time job. Be. So. Yeah. And I just wasn't, you can't that wasn't and party my jam. Oh, <laughs> no, man. Like I can't polish off 30 racks having to practice the next day. Uh, no, but it was, it was uh, strongman specifically that I got into that I started to kind of lift, started to enjoy that process. And then during my graduate years, I started um, just kind of personal training on the side, just kind of, mm-hmm. I was working in gyms. I was working with uh, some clients here and there. Um, but it wasn't up until I think it was, I was graduated for, I graduated from PC with my master's and I What's was PC? Like, Providence college. Okay. Yep. So out in Rhode Island, but mm-hmm. yeah, no, I, uh, it, it, I started working in a school as a guidance counselor. Right. So I was, what was your degree in, a, in? Uh, my master's degree was in counseling. So oh, I was wow. actually going to open up my own private practice. I uh, oh, kind wow. of working with uh, individuals with, you know, any sort of mental health and whatnot. Um, so that was my now first. Now you deal with people with mental health now still. So. Now I deal with people with <laughs> way worse mental health. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Man. That shit. <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, no, that's it. it so that was it, where my career path was going initially. But what I found is that when I was working in the school, I always had a couple dumbbells in my in my office for the kids to come in and just kind of like play around with and like lift and and whatnot and use it as a tool to get them to start talking Mm, and i what i would always do is like if a kid was having a bad day i would take them out of the class and i would like like shoot basketballs with them and i would like walk them around the school like get some Mm -hmm. sort of physical activity in and all of a sudden they would start to calm down they would start to feel better and they would start to kind of open up about what was going on and i was like holy shit i was like this whole physical thing <laughs> needs to be kind of mm. on the forefront because mm. it helps everybody kind of, as you know, as a coach, like you see, you, you see how the physical can help unlock a lot of the mental. Yes. Right. So I think from that point forward, I started shifting my focus away from, the, from working in schools. And now I wanted to work with athletes. I wanted to work with general population. I wanted to kind of share this connection that I have with the physical and mental uh, so I started to take coaching more seriously. I ended up getting my CSCS. I started to try to get as many opportunities to coach and to train as many people as I could, all of which at the time were for free. I just wanted to work with people. I just wanted to get as much experience as I possibly could. Um, and ended up doing that for a few years, which was awesome. Um, I, I found my way, uh, in a baseball training facility working with baseball athletes of all levels, uh, middle school, high school, collegiate, uh, top tier, like professional athletes. Um, and it was really, really cool because in new England, as you know, like baseball is it right. Mm -hmm. So to be able to work with a lot of these athletes, but to be able to connect with them on a, on a deeper level was really, really important for me. I really wanted to help these younger athletes develop themselves for the future. All right. I, yeah. so I, I didn't just want them to be good at baseball. Like that was actually the last of my concerns. I wanted to make sure that they knew what college was like. They make sure how the decisions they make now can impact their future, how they, they need to use this experience and, and better themselves uh, start to finish. So it was a really cool opportunity to work uh, in that field for as long as I did with the people and the athletes that I did. Um, 
I continued on there for a few years and I think it was 2000, actually it was 2019 <clears throat> to supplement my income. I, I joined a health and wellness company uh, called Lifestart and they handled mm-hmm. corporate health and wellness programs. So it was like, as you know, like being a coach is great, but like bills don't care how <laughs> yeah, good of yeah. a coach you are. All right. yeah. So, so I was like, all right, so the athlete thing, it was always going to be there. It was going to be nights. It was going to be weekends or early mornings or whatever. But I ended up getting a position as the director of health and wellness at a corporate wellness facility. So now I was working with a lot more people. Again, I saw it as a massive positive because at the end of the day, like it, it meant I get to work with more people. I get to learn about more people. I get to implement the skills that I've been learning and on a greater number of people. Um, flash forward a little bit. I see on the elite FCS Instagram that they're hiring a coaching role. So I'm like, all right, well, like I've applied to hundreds of jobs before in the past. What makes this one any different? And I was like, in my head, I was like, there's no way I'm going to get this shit. (laughs) There's there's no way I'm going to get this. A lot of you must've been after it, right? Yeah. So what was cool is I just sent my resume in. I had worked with Matt. And you're still enrolled. I mean, you're right. You're still in Rhode Island at this point. I was still in Rhode Island. Yep. So I've been in Rhode Island the entire time. Um, I have at that point I've gone to oh, shit, like three or four seminars from elite FTS. I actually, Matt okay. Mills, uh, as a pro strongman, was my coach at the time. I had met Murph up at TPS Malden. Uh, I, I, I had a good connection with a lot of the elite FTS crew. Um, I, I always reached out. I always asked questions. I always, showed up if they were doing events. Nate Harvey did a seminar. I think it was like 2018. Uh, you can see my fat pudgy self in a picture with him. I think it's probably on his Instagram. Um, it was a, it was like any chance I could get to learn from these people. I was always there. I was always trying to learn as much as I could. Right. And I was like a struggling coach, man. Like I had no money. I couldn't afford any of this (laughs) shit, but I was like, I'm going to get there. Right. I'm just going to yeah. keep showing up. And it was to the point where I had bought multiple copies of Nate Harvey's conjugate you book, multiple, <laughs> multiple. And I was messaging him all the time. I was tagging him in random shit. And then it was to the point where he had a seminar up in Boston and I showed up and ended up helping him teach the class, which was like fucking awesome. He was like, go over that rack, help out. I was like, okay, you got it, man. I got you. <laughs> But it was a, it was just those experiences that I just kept showing up. It was like, I couldn't, Dave, I introduced myself to Dave probably 17 times in the course of all all of the Hmm. seminars, all of the experiences and all of the the things that we did. But I always tried to stay in that circle. I always tried to just connect with as many people as possible. And I, not only that, but I always tried to help as many people as possible too, right? Like I never had like a massive social media following. Or, but if somebody asked me a question, I'd always answer it. If somebody asked for help, I'd always try to give them that, you know? So realistically, what happened is, is I threw my name in the hat and somehow I have no idea how my name started to kind of float to the top of the list. I get a call uh, a couple days later from Tracy, uh, who's Dave's wife. And I see the number on my phone and it says Ohio. And I'm like, all right, this is where they tell me I didn't get it. (laughs) And I can go back to my normal life. 
and Trace is like, hey, can we set up an interview with you and Dave uh, next week? And I was like, does a bear shit in the woods? I was like, absolutely. I was like, I don't <laughs> so know. Like, yeah, let me check my schedule. <laughs> yeah, I'm real, <laughs> I'm real busy. Like, this is like, so it was just like, that was like the longest week of my life. I was like, huh, like every day I was like, I can't believe it. I can't believe it. I can't believe it. <laughs> so the day of the interview shows up and I could convince myself, I go, listen, even if you don't make it, you still had the conversation, right? They can't take the conversation right. away from you. They can't take this interview away from you. So just be yourself, be as, as true to who you are as a person you possibly can share with them ways that you can help better their company and just just do the thing that you that got you to this point in the first place and it was just show up right so as and you've met dave i don't know if you've had any conversations with him no i, I didn't get to meet him when we so, went oh there. well you'll yeah. have to you'll have to come out and uh you'll have to meet him in person you'll you'll understand this story a lot more in depth when uh when you do that because as soon as he starts talking or you get him talking you're there for a while <laughs> he's, he's, it went from an interview to him just telling me everything. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. So like, then I started to kind of ask him questions and it was, it became less of an interview and more of like, like, like Dave and me kind of just having conversations about like, what ifs, like, what if this happened or what if we tried this? And I just gave them as much information as I could about the things that they were asking. And like two hours went by and I blinked. And then Trace was like, all right, we'll be in touch. And like phone clicks off and I'm like looking around, I'm like looking around sweating. I'm like, what the fuck just happened? I was like, what just happened to me, man? Uh, so a couple days go by, I hear nothing. So in my head, I'm like, man, I had the interview that was super sick. I'm telling all my friends, I was like, I got an interview with Dave. It was awesome. We talked for like two hours. I have no idea what the hell I said. I hope I didn't embarrass myself. Uh, but then a couple of days later, Tracy's like, Hey, we're going to fly you out for a formal interview. And I was like, Oh shit. Okay. Very this nice. is, this is the real deal. That has never happened to me before in my life. No one's ever been like, Hey, we're going to pay you to come do this thing. <laughs> like, oh, okay, cool. So it was like a couple of weeks after they fly me out uh, to do an interview. The interview consisted of an in-person interview. And then I had to do a podcast an unreleased oh, wow. podcast. Yeah, like <laughs> I had to interview Dave on a podcast and I had to shoot some videos. So I was like, oh shit, this is the most like in-depth interview I've ever done. So the, the <laughs> initial the initial part of the interview lasted about two hours of conversation, very similar to kind of how it was on the phone. And then they looked at me, they're like, hey, you ready? I was like, oh, huh, for what? <laughs> And he was like, oh, a podcast. We're just going to do a podcast quick. We're just going to record one and see how you do. I was like, oh, I'm not shitting bricks right now at all. So this is good. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm really prepared for this. Um, so we did that. It was like an hour long. I asked, I, I brought some topics in relation to current events in the fitness industry. I got some Dave to get fired up on a few things. People laughed in the room. So that was good. Um, and then I shot some videos, just kind of instructional videos, very, very basic stuff. And meanwhile, like this is all day. Like I, I flew into Ohio on a Monday. I, it was early morning, Monday, went right for the airport, right to elite, did the interviews, uh, did all the stuff. And then it was like four o'clock, five o'clock at night. And they were like, they sat me down at the table. They're like, Hey, uh, just letting you know, we would love to have you. 
And I was like, yeah. holy shit. <laughs> I was like, did no one show up? Like, did everybody else get COVID? Like, what the, <laughs> like, what the hell? Wait, when was this? This is 20... This is yeah. This was, was 2019 or January last January. So 2020. Yeah. Yeah, 2020. Okay. So I went from director, well, director of health and wellness at a multi-bajillion-dollar health and wellness company, to director of performance at Elite FTS within a month. Wow. Like start to finish, and they were like, "Hey, can you start in March?" And I was like, "Yes." Yes, I can. And I sold all my shit. I threw what I had in my car and I just moved across the country to Ohio. <laughs> that was so it. I'm guessing, you didn't, I'm guessing you didn't have a girlfriend or wife. Uh, nope. Yeah. <laughs> nope. That, that, one, right. that, one, that one didn't survive the COVID experience. <laughs> but but um, no, it was, I was like, cool. Like everything happens for a reason. Like the, the quarantine for me was disastrous. Horrific family bullshit that happened. I mm. broke up with my girlfriend at the time of like four and a half years. Oh, it was wow. chaos. Like it was like one hit after another. I actually ended up training so hard during that time. I gave myself rhabdo and put myself in the hospital. Hey, I'm not kidding. I've never done that shit in my life. They're like, uh, <laughs> kept asking, do you do like hard narcotics? I was like, no. <laughs> I, I was like, I train really hard. They're like, yeah, you didn't train that hard. I was like, no, no, I did. <laughs> I definitely did. Um, so yeah, man, it was, uh, it was a blur. And then March 1st of this year, I started and it's been like just going ever since just hammering it out. Oh, wow. Yeah. So how do you how do you like it so far? Well, so far, I don't like, like it. But. Well, no, it, it's. It, yeah, I don't, I'll be honest. There are some parts I'm like, well, this could be better. Uh, no, but it, it's it's evolving, right? Like from the first day to now, it. I look back and I'm like, holy shit! I'm glad that they saw something in me that I could bring to the table because if I'm looking back at how I felt at the time. You know, that whole imposter syndrome thing, man, that was yeah, yeah, like yeah. the highest level possible, <laughs> the highest level possible. I was like, I need to prove myself to somebody here, prove myself to, to, to Dave or the audience or something. Like, honestly, the first two months, it was chaos because like the audience wasn't really digging it at the, for the most part. They're like, who really? the hell is this guy? He looks like right, Bill right. Burr. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> <laughs> So I was like, okay, this is my new job is to just get belittled on the internet. So this is cool. But I always kept showing up like, Bill Burr. yeah, they're like, why is Bill Burr now teaching me exercises? Uh, but <laughs> I just kept showing up, man. And that was the only thing I could do. I was like, they may not like me now, but I'm just going to help everybody I can. And it was like slowly but surely, it was like three, four, five months in, like the hate stopped. There was like, there was like, he's one, he's like, he's one of us and he's uh, genuine. And there's never a point where I'm like, I'm the strongest. I'm the smartest motherfucker ever. It's like, dude, I, I let everybody know. I'm like, I only came, I only got here because I tried harder than everybody else. There you go. <laughs> right. And it's just like, I, I will continue to try harder than everybody else. And I want to get, nobody wants their audience, like the elite FTS audience to get stronger and smarter than me i think i am on an absolute mission to get anybody that follows elite fts or any of our or buys any of our products to let them know that they have one of the best 
organizations and one of the best communities supporting their strength goals, supporting their coaching goals, their training goals. And it's like, we're all in this shit together, man. Like there's so much bad shit going on in the world. It's like people who like to lift weights. I don't care if you do it fast. I don't care if you do it slow. (laughs) I don't care if it's heavy. I don't care if it's light. I don't care how many reps you do. Like this is such a weird thing that we all like. It's like, let's all get better at this shit, man. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it was, yeah. It was, but it was, it was pretty crazy. But overall, like, everything has been a very interesting learning experience, start to finish. And it's been the ultimate <clears throat> uh, ego check because it's like, I'm never going to be like, I have no desire to be the strongest human being at Elite FTS or in the community. <laughs> I know for a fact I'm never going to be the smartest person in the community. So it's like, I just need to be the best Sam I possibly can be to help everybody else around me. And that's all I want to do. I just want to help people, man. That's it. What have, um, what have you changed, you know, job wise since you started? So now it's, it's, we're really starting to build more with the outreach. Um, we have a few seminars we're going to start announcing in the beginning of the year, uh, starting to kind of coordinate those a little bit starting to really direct the educational content to the audience, right? Like really giving people what they want and and trying to make those connections. And I mean, little inside, not even inside information. Like we have Stan Efferding coming out and it's going to be his first time ever coming out to the compound to train. Did y'all not say that? Yeah, we did. Yeah. I I, I forgot that. I forgot. I saw that. that. I saw that. I remember that. I was like, Ooh, that's going to be good. But it's like, it's like, I'm just asking the audience. I'm like, who do you guys want to see? And it's like, they throw names out. I'm like, cool. I'll, I'll just DM them. Right. right like yeah, it's, yeah. it's like, we're, <laughs> we're, we're in a position where it's like, Hey, do you want to come out? Cool. These are the dates. Cool. Awesome. See you then. Like, mm-hmm. it, I think we, I want to try to bridge the gap between different people in the fitness and, and strength and conditioning worlds and like bring them in and just give them, some time to showcase their talents to this, to the, to our audience. Right. Because yeah. like there are so many awesome people out there and we all know there's bullshit out there too. So yeah, there's seed, Seedman. Yeah. <laughs> 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 right. You, I, I noticed that nobody's asked me to bring him out. So that's cool. Um, yeah. But, no matter if you're doing conjugate linear, you just know this shit is stupid. Yeah, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. Uh, no, man, it's, but it's, it's just cool because now it's kind of, the position is evolving into how can we better educate the audience? How can we provide better service through the products that we offer? Um, I work on, I do a little bit of everything. Uh, I give the team that I work with so much credit with Jacob and Sheena and Rhonda. Yeah, so who do you service. have people like work with you? Like the team that does all the videos and editing and then scheduling. And I'm sure like, how does that all work? So ready? Your mind's about to get blown. Uh, <laughs> Sheena, uh, she handles the articles. So any article okay. that goes up on Elite, she edits and she posts, right? Okay. Which is a lot. But then it's just me and Jacob doing videos. Jacob edits and films. I say stupid things on cameras. <laughs> I come up okay. with the ideas. We do the podcast. We uh, Jacob sets sets the podcast up with all the cameras, with all the different whatever the streaming services he has. It goes everywhere, man. It's crazy. Now the um, Jacob guy is his background like in film and stuff. Yeah, so he has he's worked with uh, companies like Nine Line, 
He's helped okay. with uh, with uh, their videos and, and their production and their e-commerce. His biggest thing is e-commerce, but he has uh, a, a tremendous amount of knowledge when it comes to recording and editing and whatnot. So where, where was he before before you guys took him? So he was at Nine Line. Oh, okay. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he was working over there. But he, uh, man, he's he has no real background in the fitness industry, like he like at all. Mm. Um, but he has been able to pick up so much to the point where he is able to help direct videos to such a tremendous level because he knows our audience. He knows enough about the material to kind of help direct me or the guests that we have. Uh, to creating like good stuff, which is really, really cool. It's, it's cool to see. And I, honestly, without him, it would just be me staring at a camera, just being like, well, this is how you bench press today. Right. Like it just <laughs> wouldn't, like there wouldn't be that level of depth. And I, dude, I'm telling you, there's, there's no way that this would be nearly as successful without Jacob and Sheena and even like Goodwin and sales. Like we, I, everybody is working together on all the things, always coming up with ideas, always coming up with new sort of directions with the videos, mm -hmm. with the content, with, with anything, everybody just gives a shit. We all give mm -hmm. a shit. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we all like, we all realize like if the company does better, we all do better. Right. So it's, it's really kind of cool to kind of walk in those doors on a Monday morning and, and just know that I can ask, like I can ask Rhonda how many American Cambridge grip bars that we have in <laughs> stock. I can understand, like, oh, there's, there's, we're not selling this one particular bar. Cool. Let's try to direct a video to showcase this bar more. Goodwin, how are the sales looking? You know what I mean? Like it's like a yeah. whole team effort and it's a whole team network that we're really trying to lock in. And it's cool to be a part of it. And there are times when I'm looking around, I'm like, yo, man why the fuck am I here? <laughs> like you guys got this shit handled, you know? Um, so what have you changed since starting there lifting wise? Oh man. Like I, I was doing strongman specifically when I first started, but I saw the opportunity. I was talking to Adam, one of my training partners there. And he was like, man, it'd be kind of funny if you did some multiply stuff. And I was like, yeah, it would, it would be funny. Be funny. Yeah. Funny. It would be really fuck funny. That. Yeah. I'm like, this stuff is shitty. <laughs> Uh, but I was like, you know what? That could be kind of good. Right. Because D Dave is such a, he keeps to himself most of the time, but really? he really likes helping people get better at training, powerlifting, multiplied, right. raw, whatever. It doesn't matter. But I was like, you know, what? this is like a good bonding experience. <laughs> this, <laughs> is, this is just going to show like, I'm willing to do whatever it takes for the company, for my team, for everybody. And I was like, fuck it. Like, let me just try this multiply thing. This will be horrific. And uh, man, it was, it was such a different experience. You know, like multiply gets so much shit on, like on the internet. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> people are like, oh, it's not real lifting. Oh, it's quarter squats, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah, like most people that I've seen is like squatting high for sure. But <laughs> at the end of the day, like you're not squatting the same. Like you have to do such a weird, different technique. It's so hip dominant. Mm -hmm. Like you look at that shit compared to a raw squat. And you're like, I don't, this is like a different animal entirely. And I've never done it. I lived in the strongman world and everything's like shoulder width. Like mm -hmm. I, my feet are never going out wider than that. I'm going mm -hmm. linear. I'm going shoulder width. Like I, I live and die at that width. <laughs> so uh, he was like, Hey man, you're going to have to go wider. And I just go out. Let's like a little bit outside of shoulders. He goes, no, 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 no. You're going to go way wider. And I was like, oh, shit. 
<laughs> so I spent 16 weeks, 18 weeks, just prepping for a multiply meet that I just completed a couple weeks ago. And, yeah. uh, man, it was wild. I ended up squatting. Uh, well, actually, I got I absolutely got robbed. But I only hit my opener on my squats at 600 point whatever the hell it is in kilograms because I do freedom units. And uh, but I got I missed 644. Uh, everybody thought it was proper depth, but whatever. I didn't get it. Uh, I benched 402, missed 430, I think, or 425. Just misgrooved it. I had the weight. I just misgrooved it, and then I pulled 639. Mm-hmm. And I had never. I I pulled sumo probably four times in my life prior to this <laughs> training cycle. And, uh, it's like, you probably need to do sumo to work your wide stance. Even and it was it, man. Like it was, <laughs> everything was wide. It was like, we got to get you real wide. And I was like this wide. He goes, no wider. And I'm like, oh, okay. See you later. Adductors. Like, I don't need, I don't need Spread anything. Em. I was like, this shit sucks. But it was just really cool because I was, I told him, I go, listen, uh, my fate is in your hands. Like, I'm not going to complain. I'm going to do everything you tell me to do and he got me from never doing any multiply bullshit to just i mean i if i hit my numbers i was fairly close to an elite total really what weight class were you in so i was in i was in 220 but 220 Shit, I'm about to just switch to multiply. No shit close to my fucking raw numbers what the fuck (laughs) i didn't know that shit no shit like ohio maybe no. Well, elite, no, elite is a national record, right? Yeah, so that's APF, right? So yeah. I like in 220, it was like, it, I was I was pretty far off from like, what I sh- if I hit all you my did it numbers. For 16 weeks, so you just gotta do one more, two more cycles. You can get well, that. that. That's what I'm feeling. Like now, I'm like, oh fuck, man. Like now, I nah, can't now you gotta not do, it. do this. You're doing strong, man, long enough. You yeah, right. it. yeah right. you can always go back. If anything, you may get maximally more stronger. Well, you that's may what be I, better when you go back to strong, man. Well, that's what I'm trying to see, right? Like that's I'm trying to see that carryover. You just got to keep with the conditioning, though, because oh, you can please. quickly get out of shape. Uh, you mean like losing my breath, tying my shoes? Yeah. Yes, exactly. yeah, that's where I'm at. <laughs> that's where I'm at, man. <laughs> yeah, it's it's wild. It's a wild and crazy world, but it, it is fun because it's the community in that in that realm of powerlifting is so supportive. No one was talking shit. Everybody realizes they look stupid in one of these suits yeah. and they don't care because like <laughs> you learn the suit enough. You have, to, you have a thousand pounds on your back and I don't give a shit yeah. what you say. That's so scary. That's <laughs> scary as shit, man. I've never felt the level of fatigue in my forearms benching as I did <laughs> when Dave made me do 520 to like a set of three to a three board. <laughs> right. And I was like, this is a lot and I'm not used to this at all and everything hurts. <laughs> yeah. I did four once for just a future method bench. Yeah. 400 flat. And I remember like, yeah, my damn wrists, elbows. Everything yeah. hurts right now. Because what people don't understand is even in a bench shirt, like you're holding the weight at the top. Yeah. Like yeah. you still have to hold it. And like your bones <laughs> don't <laughs> give a shit. That you're, that you're in shit. Yeah. It's like, I've heard like horror stories. People would get like 
stress fractures in their forearms. Almost that's like why, that's what prevents me from. That's what always makes me like, uh, I don't know if I ever want to do it because the risk of injury is definitely fucking high. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, even if you just misgroove the bench, man, you're eating that shit. Like you're yeah. getting that right to the teeth. it's scary but it is it's like this weird uh sort of rush that you get that you and i know what they're talking about because you don't get it in raw because you're never going to put like if you're raw numbers extra weight yeah if you're never if you if you squat 500 pounds you'll be like all right i'm gonna squat 500 pounds maybe i'll squat 505 Right. right but it's never like, hey, if I groove this pattern right, I have another 140 pounds over my face. <laughs> right? And it's like, But your triceps still got to lock that out. Yep. Like, so, yeah, so, Absolutely. like, did, you, did he start upping your, like, how much triceps did you start doing? Oh, it was every time any <laughs> upper, it was, it, during my week, it was only triceps. It was like triceps, triceps, triceps. Like, that was it. Like, actually, I had pretty strong triceps coming in from Strongman because I was pressing so much. Yeah. But it was more of just the technique of how to bench that style. Mm-hmm. That was that was the biggest factor. And, and that was the biggest thing for everything. It's that technique, right? That once I started unlocking that technique and really breaking it down, and first off, getting gear that fit. He put me in shit that was like designed for people that are 240 to 260. He's like, yeah, <laughs> this is all we got. I was like, oh, good. I look like, <laughs> I look like the Michelin man. <laughs> so like, shit. Yeah. <laughs> and like, my training partner is like, how... Like he's been doing this, like he, he's been doing this for like 12 years, 15 years. Like he's, he, this, he lives and dies by this shit and his stuff is all custom and this and that. And like it fits and blah, blah, blah. He's getting X amount out of his briefs and then X amount out of his his squat suit. And I look like the fucking Michelin man. Like I'm just like poofy and I'm getting stapled on squats and I'm like, what's going on? They're like, yeah, I just got to get stronger. I was like, okay, cool. <laughs> and then like the next week, I, one of my teammates throws me a, a squat suit that actually fits. And I just, <laughs> ju- I'm like making tremendous jumps. I'm like, did you guys like do this on purpose? And they're like, I don't know. <laughs> it's like, oh, cool. I'm glad, I'm glad I went through a Circa Max phase with shit that didn't fit. <laughs> this is really, really fun. And not only that, and I, this is just me complaining because I, I can, uh, my training partner is like five, eight and he's teeny tiny and he squats super wide. So he squats like he, he, his height is like five, three. <laughs> so we're running, we're running the same amount of Mama band looks. tension. Yep. <laughs> yep. So he's like, I forgot what his, he was like at 22 and I was at 12 on the monolift Damn. and you just hear that thing just creaking with band tension. And he's like, yeah, it's still 400 pounds. I go, it's 400 pounds at the bottom shithead. Like what, what am I doing with this, at the top. with this extra two and a half feet? Like, what the hell? And then I was like, yeah, we're going to squat to the same box. I'm like, this is bullshit. I'm going to play. Squat I'll just the get same stable. box. I'll just get stapled. This is fine. This is fine. You ain't got and a Dave, mat laying around or something. No, and Dave ended, up, Dave ended up posting the video of me getting stapled by this weight. And the, now I'm like, oh, the suit didn't fit. It was like 200 pounds more band tension at the top. <laughs> I thought I was going to die. I was like, thanks, guys. This is fine. But I kept showing up, man. But it was like that cool – it was stupid. It hurt. Like there was, It felt like I was getting like in a fist fight every single time. I tried that same weight five times. I ended up getting it at the end. But it was – 
it was such a different experience than training normally, even for strongman, like strongman, like you'll run events and it'll suck and you'll feel like shit and you'll be gassed and like, you won't be able to do much, but there's <clears> nothing like having that weight on your back. And you're like, all right, let's take this for a ride. Right. I, don't, I don't know where this is going to go. This shit's going to be crazy. For the deadlift, how did you guys train it? Were you, do, were you guys doing speed squats and speed deads? Or were you guys doing like just a second heavy day and pick between the squat? And the yeah, three? so it was Saturdays were max effort lower. Sundays were max effort upper. And then we'd have like our almost our accessory days or our secondary <laughs> days during the week. Um, but for deadlifts, honestly, we never trained them that heavy. It was mostly technique. It was like, all right, we got to be able to maximize the gear and maximize the positions. Cause I wouldn't even, I wasn't able to even get into the position necessary to put adequate force into the bar. So I had to learn that I had to, you know, get wider. I had to figure out my sumo stance. I had to start understanding what I was trying to do with the pull. And once mm. I figured that out, that gave me the most carryover to, to the platform, right? I could have gone heavy and beaten the shit out of myself. We probably went heavy three times out of that whole what uh, would you guys do us for a single or like maybe heavy triples or doubles so we we would hit multiple heavy singles right okay. so his goal was to like all right you have to be able to get into the position necessary to pull that first rep i don't give a shit if you can get good on the second third fourth fifth rep you need to be able to get in that good position on that first right. one so he would adjust band tension he loaded us up with bands he loaded us up with chains he made us do like I wouldn't even say speed reps. It was more technique reps. Mm. But we tried he pitted us against each other. He was like, All right, here's the clock. You have twenty seconds. One guy goes, the other guy goes, who goes, who dies? Right? So it was what? just like <laughs> it was and it was for how it was, long? <laughs> we went for like fifteen minutes, twenty minutes, oh, like just back shit. to like back to back to like back. Forty to back. pulls? Yeah, it was I don't even know. I, I when I tell you it was just like it's, I was like, Adam, you better die. You got some good music or some shit. Playing. Oh yeah, we were cruising. We were cruising. <laughs> but it was great because my conditioning was better. Right? So there I loved go. that shit, man. Yeah. I was like I was still walking. Adam wasn't even walking. <laughs> <right>? <laughs> so I had at least something to kind of work on on those days. Uh, but it was, uh, it was just cool to kind of let go of my own training and to be like, all right, you figure it out. You tell me what to do. I'll do whatever. I'll look stupid in this suit, whatever you want me to do, man. What but, you guys yeah. do for accessories for lower body? Oh man. We, how many we, would you usually do? It would depend. We would kind of wave it. So Dave waved our accessories over the, like the 16, 12 or 16 weeks leading into the meet. Mm -hmm. um, he would just vary it like high, medium, and low, right? Mm -hmm. So the lower volume days would be higher, just higher intensity, right? Very simple. Just kind of keep mm -hmm. us fresh, keep us interested because that's the secret to not only the technique work, but maintaining your, the, the single joint movements, right? Especially mm -hmm. in gear, people tend to re rely only on the gear and they don't actually train once they take the gear off. Dave did a great right. job of kind of, of helping us mitigate a lot of injuries it, just because we kept that training level high mm. and we kept working on the shit, like, like direct glute work. Like that's why multiplied powerlifters have such back issues all the time because they never do any direct glute work because they always have that damn briefs on or their suit. Right. So right. it was like, all right, we're We're going to do back extensions. We're going to do lunges. We're going to do everything. Like he's just trying to keep it as keep the, keep the tanks full. 
right? Keep the, keep the work capacity high and to make sure we're not developing. Because obviously when you peak for something, something's got to give, right? So he didn't want us to go into a peak with these aches, pains, and injuries right. that if we had just focused just solely on the gear for that whole entire time, like it, it wouldn't, it wouldn't have worked out. Like I didn't really get into the gear. I didn't get into gear that fit. No lie. Uh, I, it took four weeks until the meet to get, to get into gear, to get into my squat suit that fit. My bed shirt still didn't fit. And my deadlift setup wasn't even close to fitting, but with, with the squat, like it was, I, I had to make sure that that fit a little bit better. So I right, really only yeah. squatted in full regalia probably two times in, in my full squat suit that fit leading into that meet. Now, would you guys, you know, like besides the dead, dead, let's see you're dead. Would you guys do sled work or, or walking in your belt squat and stuff like that? You know, some traction based stuff. Oh yeah, know? for sure. Like we, 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 uh, did quite a bit in terms of like belt squats and, and he would always say, because he knew that we've both been training for a long time and like he could program all the accessories. He would just program the volume of accessories and he would give us sort of an idea of how, what we need to focus in on based on how the main movements were going. So it was a very fluid process. I personally would always keep in like sled drags. Like you had said, I would always keep in the belt squats, but I, I would also do loaded carries right? Because I wanted to maintain that core stability throughout and I didn't want to get fucking weak, right? Like I would hate to be really strong in a squat bench and deadlift and then jack myself up picking up the groceries. You know what I mean? Like there is a certain... It's that rigidness that you get good at and then anything that involves rotation or, you know, you you have to kind of be a little bit looser. You start getting fucked up. (laughs) Yeah, man. Well, it's... Little insider inside baseball knowledge for you. Corey Schlesinger came out and he took me through the, like a full rotational like landmine workout for That's a video. Awesome, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, oh, this feels great. I squatted the next night, man. I fucked myself up. I thought I popped a rib out, but I ended up straining an oblique because I wasn't used to that rotation. So then I had to now squat with a belt on my rib cage and a belt around my normal spot for my belt. <laughs> And I, I was like, I'm never doing this again. So that's when I upped the amount of like front carries and farmers carries and like rotational work, even just very simple med ball slams, like rotational slams, like just yeah. anything to get me out of those planes of motion, but yeah. that weren't going to beat the shit out of me. <laughs> and I was like, Oh no, this is it. <laughs> I remember just like, I, it was, it, I think we had three plates on the yoke bar and we were just going to a, a fairly short box and I stand up and I just feel that pain. And I'm like, <laughs> I want to die. I want what, to die right now. What about a uh, connective tissue work? Would you guys do like, you know, band push downs and curls? Would, did oh, you, yeah. Uh, did he up that more because you're doing geared? So that was, he always kept that pretty high. That was mm. like during the week. It's funny because like during the week, even if I'm not training, I'll be in yeah. the gym so much. I'll just get a couple sets of this, couple sets of that. Like right. walk by the cable stack machine, hammer out some triceps, hammer out some right. face pulls, hammer out. All. So like he knew I was doing that. So he never really had to tell me that. Um, but what we did find out is that Circa Max work specifically raised hell on our shoulders. Right. Real bad. And then it started affecting our bench. 
So out he would because you started to, using the straight bar at that point, right? For the circuit. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and then that band tension, like the way that that, it, and they and they were actually saying this themselves. Like they don't like Dave and the crew don't like going that heavy on Circumax, or they don't even really like Circumax in general, because first off, for someone like me who is just getting into the suit itself, it it artificially grounds you. It makes yeah. you more stable. Right. Yeah. Because it, you don't have to really worry about balance as much. But the problem is now with that incredible amount of band tension, dude, your upper back and your shoulders just get crushed. And you have to get way tighter than you normally would. Like, yeah. extremely tight. So how, you, how, what was the percentage of your squat in band? Were you going like 47 to 50? Yeah. So we had, I mean, me personally, it was like, between 275 and like 305 on the bar and then it was about 350 we did 350 450 no we did 354 450 in band tension it was a three week so you're wave. going up to like 55 60% in band yes. plus the 50 in regular weight yes Oh, so that's the, it, the super, well, super super sucker back. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> right. And it was, and so he we didn't, and I he knew that I was game, and it was like, all right, Adam, we're gonna base it off of your numbers, <coughs> base the band tension <coughs> off of Adam's numbers, but put the bar weight on where it should be for me. Right. Man, we we both like, I understand the I I kind of understand the point of it, but man, it it ruined us. Like it ruined me. My shoulders felt like all jacked up after that. But then, what? How many weeks out was that last Circumax squat from the meet? Was it three? So that was, yeah, that was actually <clears throat> four weeks out. Was that last okay. one? And then we hit. It was like two weeks building up to that single. So we did like a, a heavy, worked up to a heavy single, heavy-ish single, and then we tried to hit a reverse band as our last heavy, heavy squat. How, how much did the band take off for you guys? Like what percentage was it? Basically? Um, I don't necessarily know what percentage it was just because it was like, I, as soon as Dave pulls a band out, I'm like, I don't want to even calculate anything. I don't want to look. <laughs> I just got to focus I, on not just, dying. <laughs> just don't die. But I think it took probably about 70 pounds off the, off the bottom. Okay. Okay. So I ended up hitting, 635 with the reverse bit like smoked it and that was like all right you're done he goes shut it down i was like oh oh okay i was like that didn't hurt and i did that very well so that's cool <laughs> um, what do you guys do for uh upper body for the circumax so we never actually did that so we never oh. did the circumax for the upper body it was just for the squat um we pulled against some pretty heavy band tension. And I think I still have the video of that. Yeah. Uh, what was that? Circumax with band. Oh, do you see that with all the mini bands? I thought, no, I don't know if you said on your page, was that a Circumax or was no, that just like he picked that a day a, to do? That was a random Saturday. So it was, a, it was random. Cause I was like, wait, what? yeah. So the, with all the, the one with all the mini bands is actually when I was doing strong, man, he's like, Hey, let's try this. I have this idea. Do this thing. <laughs> Work up to so you have the how, suit on, dress like a turkey and hit some pools. That yeah. one? Yeah. Oh no, 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 no. No, that was that one. Okay. That was actually that was like a was that the reverse band? 
That was like the. That oh was yeah, like it was a reverse band. band. Yeah, uh, come to find out, those bands reversed nothing. Yeah, it don't look like they did <laughs> shit. They didn't you do need anything. to put it from at least the top when it put the blue on or some shit. Yeah, no, nah, man, it did. <laughs> but it was funny because I think it was more. It did more for no, it didn't. It didn't do anything for anybody. But there was like the week or two before that, <laughs> we were pulling into the bands, and the bands were set up so like the lockout was bad. Like the lockout was tough. But Adam never reached high enough to get into the lock at the last few bands because he was so, so much shorter than me. I'm like, this is some bullshit. Well, I know this guy, Adam. Now I'm watching. The, now I'm looking at the video right now. This is the one yeah. you're talking about. I know him. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. Yeah. <clears throat> where is a, your Where is Adam from? He's, he's from accent, he's, he? he's from Ohio. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, he, he's actually right down the road from Elite. <clears throat> How'd you guys meet each other and become training partners? He, um, he's always been in like the WPO, like he's always competing at a high level in his weight class. He had records and shit at like the one, I don't know. I, I always say it's like the children's division cause he's like <laughs> one sixty or some shit. You know what I mean? I'm just like, that's adorable. They have that in adult sizes. Uh, but, uh, so I think he just reached out to Dave cause he used to train. I forgot who he used to train with. Um, but he, he reached out to Dave. He's like, hey, I'm trying to get back into like the pretty high-level stuff again. I would love to come out. And Dave invited him out. And it just so happened to kind of coincide with when I started. And I was doing Strongman when he first came out. And then we just kind of hit it off. And we came up with the idea of, of starting doing some multiply stuff together. And like, kind of the rest is history. Yeah. <laughs> How does um now with elite like you guys don't have like a membership? Do people who train there just get invited or train under one of your coaches and then they train? Like how does it work? Or is it just yeah? Training? It's yeah. Well, I mean, the gym is really just a private private gym for the employees of elite and like right. Dave and like the people we bring out. Like it really, it's it's not really being used too, too much during the week, right? You know, um, but in terms of actually being invited out, like it, it it's kind of like who you know. Yeah. You know, like if you're in the area, like there, there is definitively like better days than others. And Dave will invite some people out and kind of depends on the goals. Right. But right. like for a time, like around the Arnold, we'll, we'll probably have open houses where people can come in and train and shit like that, too. Right. Um, but, yeah, mostly it's it's like if you get the OK from one of our coaches or. But, yeah, there's no membership. There's no nothing. It really it's kind of crazy. To think that that's just like sitting there <laughs> and it's like we're shooting videos there we're doing all sorts of stuff but at the end of the day it's like we train we really i i train there four days <coughs> four days a week two kind of on my own during the week with adam and then two on the weekend with the weekend crew which is a bunch of old west side guys and dave you know so oh really yeah oh yeah that. man yeah. it's it's <laughs> it's hilarious it's the the stories and shit that they have the camaraderie <laughs> they have is absolutely hilarious yeah, when we when we came, we had just left West Side. And yep. I think it was like Matt Smith shows up at the front door. We're like, didn't we just see this motherfucker? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we had uh it, Todd Brock, Joe Amato, Dave, uh, they're all um really uh yeah, it, they're just hilarious. They're just fucking great. <laughs> now when you were doing um strongman early on, like I would say when you were before you were at Elite and now that you're at Elite, like what style of programming were you on then? And then when you got to Elite, did you 
did you change anything? Because I don't know if you you didn't say if you were doing conjugate then or conjugate now or linear. Yeah. So like I would always I was working with uh, Matt Mm. Mills for my strongman programming. He had just a very basic like linear periodization that just kind of worked. Right. Mm -hmm. But on the off season is I would always fuck around with conjugate. I would always I I just enjoyed (laughs) it. Right. Like I would always. I just enjoyed that style. I would program that style a lot for my clients and my athletes because yeah. it just made sense to them. They enjoyed it. They loved coming into train, right? Because of that variability, they loved to come into train and like just the process, they enjoyed it far better than knowing it's like, all right, for the next six weeks, I'm doing this, you know, right. it's like, yeah. there's a, like the accessories can stay the same, but man, like, you know, that main movement's changing. You're like, all right, what is it today? What is it today? What is it today? Right. You know? <laughs> Uh, but for me personally, I always kind of like coming into elite, I had a, a strongman show that I was going to do in West Virginia, but then it just so happened to line up right on the UGSS event that we had over the weekend, uh, over in the summer. And I was like, ah, shit, well, I'm not going to miss that. So I ended up having to cancel the show. I didn't end up going to the show. I ended up doing the UGSS, uh, with all, with all the team members, all the alumni, all everybody that's ever kind of been a part of the lead FTS showed up, everybody trained all weekend and it was an absolute party. It was awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, in, in terms of programming right now, um, this is a little, a little inside baseball information. I'm going <laughs> to be, uh, working with Matt Mills again, and we're going to be okay. documenting the process, um, showcasing the programming, turning it into articles, turning it into videos, just kind of turning it into an educational opportunity for other people to kind of train along with us, which okay. is cool. Um, but yeah, no, I, I've experimented with all sorts of programming. Uh, Conjugate's always just been the most fun. It, <laughs> honestly, it's been just the most enjoyable. I've gotten tremendous results from it, and it just, for a lot of people, it just makes sense. So d- does Dave give you shit when you're like, yeah, I'm going to go back to doing linear? Oh yeah, no, no, he doesn't, <laughs> he doesn't give a shit. He doesn't, if I'm not doing a multiply meet, he'll just be like, yep, yeah, cool. Oh, right, right, right. Whatever. Right. Like, Why'd you go thing, put man. that gear back on? He's like, yeah. all right, now it's back to the shit. <laughs> yeah. No, he, he, uh, he just likes us. I'll, I'll end up still doing like, and I'll tell Matt this. It's like, I still want to do the main exercise they're doing. Right. Like, just like, I'll just work that in somehow. You know what I mean? Like, well, it looks like we're doing a, a fucking wide stance box squat today, boys. Like, here we go. Let's do it. Um, so what do you think has made Elite FTS so successful? And what would you tell people that want their gym to be like that? I mean, not everybody's going to create equipment. So that's obviously no, part of it. For what sure. do you think? What do you think has helped Dave and his team and everything? make such a gym that's known around the world, you know, in, in every, you know, collegiate setting and all that. Yeah. I, I think it's, <clears throat> I was actually having a conversation about this the other day. And I think it's just the fact that no matter who you are, what you do is like the standard that Dave has set up for his company, for <clears throat> his, his, his brand, his, you know, his, his personal self, he's always kept to it. That, that live, learn, pass on thing is so, so important. Because it really shows you the type of people that connect well with Elite FTS, right? You look down and see who has been associated with Elite FTS and, and in the past and in the present. And it's like you can kind of see the same type of coach. It's a coach that gives a shit. 
It's a coach mm-hmm. that's willing to show up. It's a coach that's willing to do extra work for you, to give you what you need and not what you want. You know what I mean? Like it, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, we're just trying to make people better. Like getting strong is so cool. <laughs> getting better at your sport is so cool. And it's like, we just, we just want to help people get better. And at the end of the day, there are only a few companies, and by only a few, I mean or like us, really, that <laughs> have been built on the tenets of that live, learn, pass on thing. Is like we're doing the stuff, like we're doing the thing, we're training hard, we're competing, we're doing all. We're honestly like Dave has wrecked his body in the pursuit of his of his passion <laughs> of sport, right? right? But his ability to articulate these things based on experience to help other people avoid the pitfalls that he has fallen into is, is something that should be admired. It's like the only reason I wanted to get into multiply and do that is to have that experience. So then I can help articulate different ideas and educate uh, athletes or coaches going forward with that experience. And that's why I wanted to showcase it. It just boils down to like, we want to have an experience. We want to commit ourselves to a, a greater goal we want to learn what we can about that experience. We want to learn what we can about the process. We're going to get kicked in the ass. We're going to fall down. We're going <laughs> to fail. But it's all part of the process. And what we do want to do at the end of it is we want to help articulate that those experiences to others so that they can learn and benefit from it, right? And, that, and I think those tenets are the things that really separate Elite FTS from everybody else in, in the business because we really – like we sell equipment. Yes, we are an equipment company, but the fact of the matter is like the, the reason that we sell equipment is that so we can keep educating. We love teaching. We love coaching. Right. We love helping people get better. And there's not another company on the market that gives a shit or cares more than we do about the people that purchase our equipment or the people that, you know, want to learn from us on our articles, right? Like we're still pumping out five to seven articles a week for free right. every week from new coaches and, and we kind of just launched a new process for, for finding new featured columnists and potentially bringing new team members on as, as educators, right? We, right. we want those people that come to our website to read those articles, to really understand, like, like, listen, like this is a, this is not an inexpensive thing that we're doing. This is a, a very expensive process to, hire the people to be able to go through all these articles and like Sheena does an amazing job picking them. And, and you know, it's, it's all based on education and trying to make everybody better. That's it. Um, What's something people don't know about elite FTS? Um, There's only 10 of us, two of them are seasonal. So there's really only eight of us. (laughs) Like, I, I think people, they see what we do and they, they, I don't know if we just play bigger online, but man, we're tiny. Like we're a small, a very small company. And the majority of the people that work there are related. Like Dave, really? and, Tracy, Dave and Tracy are married. Lori runs the warehouse and she's <clears throat> Tracy's sister. Uh, That's how, cause I remember Ed, you know, Ed Miller, he's the one yeah. my boss at the rack. He was like. Yeah, this lady's been here for like 15, 20. I'm like, how has she been here for 15, 20 years? I'm like, yeah. how, what made her stay there? I'm like, oh, family-run business. I didn't know Yeah, that. it really is. <laughs> and when they say it's a family-run business, they mean it. Uh, one of Dave's sons just got hired on in the last like three months. He, he's helping with like the accounting and the bookkeeping and whatnot. And 
like it, it it's and then it's like Goodwin's on sales, Nate's on sales, Rhonda's customer service, and then it's like the media team, me, Jacob, and Sheena. Like, like it's really such a small knit community that everybody's like, "Why? How come your shipping isn't as good as Rogues?" Oh, I don't know. We're not a billion dollar company. I yeah. I don't. I guess that's <laughs> yeah. Well, some, we waited on some shit for Rogue. I'll just say that. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. It ain't always. Maybe if you're a collegiate setting for something yeah right (laughs) no i hear you man but like it's we're tight we're we're not a massive company and and like if someone dms (laughs) our instagram it's either going to be me or dave that answers right right like (laughs) if you call you could possibly well not right now because dave is is super busy but like you can talk to matt you can talk to nate like you can talk to these people about equipment and they'll give you a good answer they'll give you the answer you need like it's not like we're hidden behind a massive call center or like we're 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 we have all these like a huge amount of employees running this social media campaign most of the time it's like hey i'm gonna post that picture okay cool do it like it's, that was the checks and balances complete with like misspellings and everything it's like we're not perfect by any means but, our, but the audience you know your audience and it's funny when I talk to you about social media, it's like, number one, you got to post a lot. But number two, like, there's plenty of room for being genuine and having a lot of followers because there's a lot of genuine people looking for that compared right. to the people who don't know what they're look- looking for or want the bougie crap. So it's like, exactly. you can be genuine and be successful, but it also takes, like, the knowledge, the experience and all that, like, you guys have because you obviously have a staff that's been there, done that, or been around people and are smart to be like, well, he here and this how can we be different and you know that's why i love i mean you you guys my one of my number one watch youtube stuff because at least once or twice a week i'll listen to like sometimes i even listen to guys are like yeah i know jm said he don't need to do speed work but let me watch the second tier and let me see what he said and then he says oh well you know this is what i meant (laughs) and it's like right see i can learn something again you know right i you know i love the page and and the youtube because it's like you know, that riffing and just going back and forth and being honest and not like, let's, let's redo that take again. So we yeah. can make sure it's all perfect. Like, man, fuck that. <laughs> nah, man. Uh, and, we, and that's the thing is like, that's the cool part about learning new shit is like, we can go back and say, Hey man, we were wrong. This is, <laughs> this is what we do now, you know? <laughs> and that's, and that's kind of just what it's like to grow, develop as a coach or an athlete. And it's like, you're going to screw up. I just so happens to screw up to 130,000 subscribers on YouTube. So that's fine. <laughs> it's fine. It's just a larger audience to screw up on, but it's still the same idea. Um, so who is designing like new equipment ideas or doing the drops and all that? Um, kind of a combination. I mean, Dave, Dave has insight. Goodwin has insight. Nate's got insight. Like uh, the company themselves have insight. Like it's, if there's an idea that comes up, we kind of play around <laughs> with it and, and just kind of see, if it, it makes any sense to develop or build or, you know, I mean, Goodwin honestly has come up with a lot of ideas in the last couple of years, just based on his need as a garage gym owner. Right. 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 He's like, Oh, I need this thing. And then he just calls up, <laughs> calls up the company. And he's like, yeah, can we make this? And they're like, yeah. Okay, cool. It's like, Oh, all right. That was easy. Like, here, <laughs> this is what I'm looking for. And it it's kind of lets the, lets the engineers in the, in the, the welders kind of do their thing and then you just kind of see what comes up out of it, you know, but it, it always comes from a, a need or an experience, right? right? It's like, ah, we can do this better. 
you know. When you do, you guys have benches. I remember when I was there, but did you guys have an incline adjustable bench that had a like a elevated platform for the spotter? Yes, because we have the regular ones that are inclined, and I'm always fucked trying to spot these damn kids. Yeah, I'm like, damn, I need to. Oh, I can't stand on the adjust the the you know the three size uh, yep foam box that you guys have, and then I'm like, I can't stand on the hard boxes. I'll be too far away. So I'm like, oh, all right, we got to get side spotters. Okay, the side spotters, throw the bar to the kids, throw it. It's like, oh, my God. Yeah, no, we do. We we have we have an adjustable. And the cool thing is, if you call in, if you were to talk to Nate or, or Matt, be like, hey, I'm looking for this thing. He's like, all right, what? Like, what's the idea? I just want yeah. these over here and this on here. He's like, all right, I'll write it up for you. Let me see what we can do. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. It's like you, we've had people come up with some crazy ideas and it's like a one-off piece. It's like, yeah, it's going to cost more. That's what we do with the jammer arms. Yeah, yeah, right? So it's like, okay, it may cost more, but it's like, dude, that's your piece. Like, you literally got that made for you, you know? Hmm. Um, now, you guys, you were talking about the staff. How many strength coaches do you guys have that, like, work there? Like, you know, JM and all them? Because it looks like you guys say that they're a strength coach that is for Elite FTS. Is that true? Yeah, so there is – that we're, we're kind of adjusting what we're going to be doing going forward. But in the past, uh, there's been three levels. There has been writers, uh, elite FCS columnists, um, elite FCS coaches, and then elite FCS athletes. Mm-hmm. Athletes, you had to be a, a, a top tier in your sp- uh, perspective sport. Uh, columnists, there was a certain criteria for that uh, in terms of your background, in terms of your ability to articulate yourself, in terms of your you know, your draw with your articles and whatnot. But a coach, that was always the the most like illustrious position because of the fact that it was the standards were not really known. Right. So it was, it was coaches that Dave trusted that had the background, that had the knowledge, that had the experience. And it was a very subjective process. And Dave was really the one in charge of that. Right. Because he was kind of dictating like who would make a good coach because there is a lot of coaches out there that are, that are really, really good, but may be lacking in one or two departments that kind of make it, make them not necessarily the best for the audience. Right. So in the past, that's kind of how Dave did it. Um, But going forward, I think we're going to be adjusting a lot of, of what we do and what it means to be a part of team elite FTS. Right. So what are your uh, future goals for yourself? Man, I uh, future goals, um, try to get that elite total and multiply again. I've got to get that fucking thing. Dude, it hurts to say that out loud, but, like, I'm going to have to go through that shit again. Whatever. Uh, I, I want Good to uh, – yeah, man. I, I, I want to do well at the strongman meet I got in November uh, – not November, in May. Uh, I want to kick the shit out of that get my bid to nationals, do well at nationals. Um, and man, just kind of keep building elite FTS, try to do the best I can for the audience, the best I can for the team and continue to grow, continue to develop and, and, and really make um, elite FTS as, as good as it can possibly be for the next generation of lifters and coaches. All right, man. Well, that's all I got for you. Can you uh, tell everybody where to find you? Any other info that they should know about you and the company? Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah, you guys can find me. My personal account is Sam Brown Strength on Instagram. 
Um, I actually own my own business, Practice Movement and Recovery. You can find that online as well. Um, EliteFTS.com for all your equipment needs. If it fits in a gym bag or you can load plates on it, EliteFTS has it. <laughs> um, <laughs> but other than that, man, like just keep doing what you're doing. I, I really appreciate being on here, be able to have this conversation with you. And man, you got to come back to the compound again and get a training session in and have some fun. Oh, no, no. I, 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 the biggest, what I want to do is like, um, when I've seen the train your ass off and I've seen, cause deadlift is my favorite. So when I see Dave just ripping everybody apart, I'm like, Oh, I would love that. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. That you would, shit. yeah, that would be, yeah, you, you would enjoy the hell out of that, man. <laughs> um, oh yeah. But so I'll definitely, I'm thinking of making like an Ohio trip and somewhere around like that April, yeah. May range, something like that. And trying to spend like a whole week, week and a half so I can go visit everybody. Yep. Um, so yeah, and chop it up and, you know, you know, maybe grab dinner or beer or something like that. Yeah, after absolutely. Just, you, you, you know, let me know it. when you're in town. We'll, we'll make it happen. <laughs> All right, man. Well, it was a pleasure having you on. Thank you very much for having me and uh, looking forward to the next time. All right. Thank you, man. All right. Good night. See ya. Well, that's all she wrote for this episode. I hope you all enjoyed. Really good one. You know, seeing some insight on Sam, how he got started at Elite FTS, and obviously what separates them from a lot of companies. You know, here at the, at the rack, we have a majority of our equipment comes from them. Um, you know, and now knowing him on a more personal level, Sam, personal level, Sam, and and obviously knowing Nate on a more personal level because he actually came and spoke at the seminar and everything. Um, you know, it's pretty cool getting a little bit of that inside scoop on like what it's really like to work there, train there and all that. Um, as always, you can DM me on Instagram at K-A-L-I-L underscore S-H-E-R-R-O-D. If you are a coach that wants to be on or no coach that wants to be on, if you're info on training, um, now I'll be doing my online training services through smart strength, you know, created by Tom Cow and Jacob Ross. So I'm, I'm really excited about this partnership that I created with them. Um, if you want to pre-order the book, you can do it through my link tree on my Instagram. That's $40 for the book. It's going to be ebook. Um, uh, and it's going to be covering basketball like I did at the seminar on and off the court. So in the weight room, how I've applied the conjugate system to basketball players and then drills that have helped me when I was playing and that I learned from pros um, that were my mentors. So it's going to be really, really good. I'm actually it's actually at the last stages. So I'm literally just waiting on final edits, uh, graphic design for the front cover, and then uh, I'm going to just publish it. <coughs> so, <coughs> you know, I'm really excited for you guys to read that and give me feedback on your thoughts. Cause this, this is, this is not the last, it'll be, the, it's the first book, but it ain't gonna be the last. So. Um, and then as always, if you still want to purchase the uh, zoom downloadable version of the seminar, you can go on that link tree as well. All right, guys. Remember, stay clean. Peace.